0: In this industry, we do have plenty of battles to fight. You know, we deal with brokers, we deal with shippers, weather conditions, traffic, a whole litany of things to deal with as far as some of them to fight with, some to deal with. But with all that to deal with, do we really want to pick a fight with air?
1: I'm Todd Dills, this is the Overdrive Radio Podcast for March 29th, 2019, coming as the Mid-America Trucking Show continues in Louisville, Kentucky. In this edition, a couple conversations with two ops with some commonality between them and a willingness to, uh, in effect, be the contrarian. A variety of things. That'd be Lexington, Kentucky-based owner op Chad Boblett running with one truck and using brokers and the operator you heard up top, Henry Albert, who moves truck parts between Laredo in points in the southeast when he's hauling, not working with dealer reps uh, or other operators to train them on new technologies as part of Freightliner's Team Run Smart initiative. Albert's been demonstrating lately uh, in his own in his own operation the effect of speed increases on fuel mileage an attempt to investigate the benefits of time saved versus the sacrifices made in increased fuel costs. Albert, as his voice up top probably made clear if you didn't know it already, is might be called something of a profit of the uh, benefits of aerodynamics. And that well predates his time in the Freightliner program. He's been talking about that since I met, met him in 2007 when he was Overdrive's owner-operator of the year that year. Here he is describing the 70 to 75 miles per hour speeds he's been pushing along his lanes and the benefits accrued in for him added time off. What did it cost him in fuel? Take a listen.
0: I'm still hauling truck parts. uh, Still one of the Team Run Smart members. Uh, Getting to always test the latest and the newest equipment that they have out there. Um, A lot of people had gotten interested in turning up the truck speeds of where they were running. And my goal when I first started with what I do with Freightliner with Team Run Smart was to get to a mile a pint. And I always like using that measurement. Fuel was well over four dollars a gallon at that time So it seemed like maybe we ought to measure it by the pint. And a mile a pint is eight miles to the gallon Okay. So when I first started I was in the high sevens and had worked my way up into the eights And of course you keep everybody always says what's the goal? Well, the goal is to be better than you were before Kept working it up through to past nine and then I was able to surpass ten. In fact, When I really went after it and paid attention to every little detail, which there's no way you would drive that way every day, but during the run-on-less event, I was able to average 11.1 for 17 days with a couple of days over 12 and the one load coming in at 13.4 mile of the gallon. Yeah, how long ago was
1: that?
0: Run-on-less, that was almost two years ago now. So I got where... I could easily get to 10 plus mile of the gallon at 65 mile an hour and I run into Texas and they have 75 mile an hour speed limits. some places higher than that but which doesn't matter because the highest rated truck tire is 75 mile an hour and I got to where I was in a hurry for the one run and I said well I'm going to run the speed limit all the way down and I was actually surprised. My fuel mileage was still pretty good. I'd turned a low nines. It was like nine two, nine three mile of the gallon, which wasn't a ten or a ten and a half. And the odd thing was, I was able to do what was normally a run that took me two and a quarter days of road time in two days flat, which cut out a whole ten-hour rest period. So, you could use that time for extra revenue potential in my case I work plenty I actually used it for time off and I'm gaining 24 to 28 hours a week because it cuts out a 10 hour break in each direction and about 2-3 hours of road time right. uh, my fuel cost went up on average right in the neighborhood of $60 a week for that but to gain 20 to 28 hours for $60 is a pretty good trade off right. um and like I said, in my case, I used it for quality of life, but it could be used for revenue if you needed to make the money. Yep. And, and I had a good feeling that with the economy heating up, that everybody would be getting interested in running faster. And because I have collision mitigation on this truck, the Detroit Assurance System, it shows me the speed the vehicles ahead of me are moving. And many of the fleets that were cruising at 62, 63 mile an hour are now at 68 mile an hour. So, for the it's a little over a year I've been doing it, and my average running fuel mileage is nine point four running fast uh it takes you gotta have all the right components to even begin to turn those numbers. I have the fully aerodynamic cascadia aero x the four hundred downsped engine the detroit d t twelve transmission running the 2.16 rear axle ratio from Detroit with active lube management that controls the amount of oil that's on the ring and pinion. The trailer's fully aerodynamic with a really tight trailer gap, a nose cone, side skirts by fleet engineers that are experimental that go completely over the trailer tandem to the rear bumper, trailer tail by Stemco, Um, wheel covers on all the wheel ends from... uh, Flow below. The rain gutter on the trailers plated over the smooth the airflow up there. All that riding on Michelin X1 wide base radials, mm-hmm. it and it really takes everything. And the faster that you are wanting to cruise, the more aerodynamics comes the into play.
1: Yeah, yeah. What's the difference between when you went when you started running fast and what you were doing before? I can't remember what you. Said. I was
0: at 10.1. You're at 10.1. Okay. Lifetime. You got to remember for if you go from six to six five
1: yeah
0: that's a lot of money yeah when you go from nine four to ten one, that's not nearly as much money, so the better you do when you lose a tenth if you go from ten to ten one, you can't hardly measure it right. if um six to six one's a pretty big deal right so For example, if we all got 30 mod of the gallon and you lost a full mod of the gallon, it would be hard to measure. So as the trucks get better on fuel,
2: it's
0: harder to save save money uh, with improvement. And and there's there's good news to it too. Because I I always tell people, you have to be careful what you spend to get the next increase. Because it very well could not have the ROI.
1: For anyone for whom that ROI acronym is Greek, Albert's talking about the calculated return on investment cost and analysis, the results of a new business strategy, or piece of equipment.
0: That being said, when you do the big items at first, you get a really big result out of that. And as you get the truck and trailer more refined, smaller things start to make a big difference. For example, when I just did those experimental skirts, when they were originally mounted, they were exactly an inch and a half farther out at the back than they are now. When I took off with that, and really it's about all the pieces working together. You can't just hang on pieces and then not have them lined up to work with one another. They can actually make each other work better, or if you put them on completely wrong, they can cancel each other out because they're working against one another. So from taking those skirts an inch and a half in on each side, the first trip out with them, I was ready to take off the full length skirts because I recorded the worst fuel mileage I ever had with this truck, which was 8.2. Because it was kicking the air out. okay, And it was forming a big vacuum behind the truck. And with that open around the ICC bumper in the rain, when I drove by the trucks, the bottom of my trailer looked like a vacuum cleaner. It was sucking everybody's stuff <laughs> in under it. So simply moving something that small, and it's it's much like an airplane when you're when you're on an airplane wing and everything's refined, they don't have to move those airfoils very much to make it go up or down quite a bit. Right. And as you get the aerodynamics refined, small little things tuning it one way or the other can make yield a huge drop or a big increase.
1: You can catch some pictures of those experimental side skirts in their current configuration, extending from the front of the trailer where they're positioned to work with the flow below system, Albert mentioned, all the way almost straight back over the tandem tra- uh, the trailer tandems to the rear of the trailer. And uh, he's still toying with the trailer skirt's configuration, he says. Find those pictures at overdriveonline.com.
0: Now I'm looking to make some other modifications sure. back there because I, I still see. have not unlocked the full potential of it being fully skirted
1: what's the simplest thing that a guy can do um
0: oh. to to increase you know increase fuel mileage if, if you don't have any aerodynamics the first line of defense is just to slow yeah. down okay. i mean that's just and you got to do the math on that because if that means that you're going to get someplace on a friday after they close and the truck has to sit there all weekend versus getting the load off and getting a load on yeah. and being out of run you're not going to be able to make up that fuel. you got to make the balance, yeah. So you always got to figure, yeah. is there a benefit? Myself, with that that yeah. getting that done in two days, it's pretty tight to do it. If I hit one major traffic jam, I give up on it, and then I start driving slower because it's not going to make yeah. a difference. I'm going to get there later anyway. There's no advantage. Yeah. So really, you got to pick. I pick my speed I'm going to run on a daily basis. Yeah. Trailer gap. That's a fairly easy one. To, to, generally speaking, the tighter you can get that, the better you're going to be. Um, your first edition, I always like the trailer skirts on, on the trailer. However, you don't want them angled in to the landing gear because then you're plowing air. You, you want to keep the air going straight. I like them on straight all the way down the side. I have mine tucked in slightly at the front to go together with the flow below system. Okay. Ideally... The whole thing would be straight all the way back. But you gotta make the components work with one another. If I hadn't have turned them in a little bit, they would have been a defeatist thing going on. When you start looking at it, something as simple as how the license plate, when it's down below the taillights of a trailer. We did some calculations with a fluid dynamics person. And this is when fuel was 370 a gallon when we did these figures. But it worked out that your license plate hanging below the tail taillight of your trailer was costing you somewhere between four and $700 a year in fuel. Wow. With fuel, it's 370 a gallon, mind you. Right. I know I read, you know, I do a lot of work with Freightliner, and I got a kick out of the one study I read from one of the other OEMs, because I like to read everything I can. Just having your rear mud flaps on your tractor... 45 degree Mm -hmm. ends and lined up with the tire perfectly in their study with fuel at two dollars a gallon in that study just that simple thing was worth two hundred dollars a year these things may not sound like much i say 700 i say 200 but yet my electronic log costs 750 dollars running the continental VDO unit and people said they couldn't afford that You got big breathers out there just plowing through the air, bug shields, drop visors, big wide stacks next to the door and a square front. And you can afford all that, but you can't afford a $700 logbook that's going to put you supposedly out of business. It doesn't make sense to me, which really leads to me, in this industry, we do have plenty of battles to fight. You know, we deal with... Brokers, we deal with shippers, weather conditions, traffic, a whole litany of things to deal with as far as some of them to fight with, some to deal with. But with all that to deal with, do we really want to pick a fight with air? Air's here all the time. My background, stock car racing, you don't put something to slow you down. And the one thing a truck generally does, now if it's a logging truck, that's a different story. But you know, an over-the-road truck. What are we doing? But going through the air all day long? Do we? Do I want to pick a fight with air? I. You know, I got a limited amount of time. I'll I'll put my resources into another fight versus that, Mm -hmm. which also is like getting free horsepower.
1: Speaking of the fights Albert mentioned with brokers, much has been made of late of the contractual games played, assuming more importance as owner-operators respond to the imposition of electronic logging devices by solidifying solid freight partners and generally, I think it's safe to say, do less of what Kentucky-based owner-op Chad Boblett originally built his business on. Namely, that's follow the hot markets from any place to any place and work with a wide array of brokers solely in spot neg- negotiations. I sat down with Boblet, also the founder of the well-known and quite busy Rate Per Mile Masters Facebook group, to talk a little about what you might call a highway hack of sorts aimed at taking advantage of daily cycles for better rates and spot negotiations. You may have come across this hack before. He calls it the three o'clock hustle. Most effective in a market favorable to to a trucker looking for a load at the time of day. Brokers on typical eight to five work schedules, uh, work cycles might get uh, the nervous. Uh, about their ability to get a customer's load booked and moving. Here's Boblett who starts with a bit of his history then takes us home with thoughts on how the ELD mandate has changed this and many other owner-operators and brokers too calculus around planning for time efficiency as opposed to maximizing rates.
2: My name is Chad Boblett. And I'm the owner of Boblet Brothers. It's me, myself, my truck, and I. I uh, do a lot of social media stuff. I'm a blog writer. Um, and the social media that, that I'm mostly involved in is a Facebook, a Facebook group that I started um, five years ago, I think, five to six years ago. It's called Rate Per Mile Masters. Uh, I've been well. I've uh, got a lot of attention from starting that group. A lot of people know me from that group. It's uh, it's a heavily moderated uh, group that's focused on rates, networking with, uh, brokers and owner operators and carriers and broker agents, uh, millions upon millions of dollars have been traded hands in that group among, among the people that's there. Again, it's heavily moderated and that's, uh, people, people find it a privilege to be there. And, and it's also a great place to, for resources, knowledge and, uh, and network.
1: This is something we've, we've talked about and I've written about a little bit, um, uh, here and there, but it, it's kind of a it's kind of a simple thing that um, that owner operators who are using a load board uh, can do uh, to kind of uh, you know brokers play a lot of games uh, with them uh, you know particularly if, if they're they're dealing with a, a broker that they haven't done uh, a bro- the broker's dealing with somebody that they don't know. Um um and this 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 kind of is the opposite though. This is, this is not exactly a game you play with brokers, it's just a way to way to take a little bit of advantage of uh just kind of how the daily cycles run. And you called it um what
2: was it? Three o'clock hustle? Yes. The three o'clock hustle. I've written a blog about it. You can Google it and I've also uh paid a lady to uh, to do a video of it if you you can find it on oh, YouTube okay. if you Google it. Uh it, it, it's uh Kinda of lost its steam with uh ELD. I mean, but it's uh, as soon as we get into a really hot market, it'll come back it, it, that's when it works the best. And basically what we're doing uh the concept is uh is if you know that you're in a hot market and uh and let's say it went for um let's say if it went from being a dead market to getting hot, you know, to becoming a, a really good market for like a lot of demand for trucks. And uh, there's less trucks and a lot more loads, and it's and it's recently happened. Those are the times where the at three o'clock in the afternoon, around three p.m., it's going to come to a conclusion to the broker. Is gonna is gonna finally realize that the load has to go and and I would also add to that and say Wednesdays is almost the, the the prime day of any day of the week when this happens the most and what what happens is the broker said well we didn't move it Monday we didn't move it Tuesday now it's Wednesday it's gotta go and uh, um, and this is kind of happens in a and you know throughout the year it happens in different different areas and you can see it gonna take place. At the beginning of the week, and if you can be there when when this takes place, uh, when it when it becomes like around three o'clock, and if you're the only truck left in the left at a truck stop uh, parking lot, and all the other trucks are gone, and you're still getting phone calls from brokers, and it's three o'clock. Um, this is whenever you get to name your rate and that's basically what it comes down to is the three o'clock hustle you're, you're gonna get that call you're gonna you're gonna be able to name your rate and because uh, there's brokers that's gonna need you the load cannot sit uh, you're the only thing left for a broker. You're, you're the last resort for anybody else it's not taking advantage of anybody what it is doing as the carrier the carriers coming in to save the day so whoever you are if it, whatever your rate is you get to come in and save the day and, uh and w- at your rate at, and it and there is no there is no you're not going to use a fifteen day rate average you're not going to use nothing like that you're going to use what is it worth it to you and uh um a lot of times those are the times where I'll make the most money on a load uh,
1: you useful in those situations where uh, where you're or for for operators who operate that way and they're kind of going from hot market to hot market to hot market can it be something that's a useful tool to a guy who uh well, I guess uh, if you get enough knowledge of the of the lanes you're running, uh, you, you'll have a sense of where whether this is going to work. And you know, say you're on a, a regular run that you do, and you find yourself empty, and, and you have an opportunity uh, to take a load somewhere else, it um, c- could work that way. i I'm, one of the things I'm getting at, because I know you, I know you used to operate this uh, this way, where you go from hot market to hot market to hot yes. market, and you know, to from any place to any place. Uh, but I, I'm t- I, you don't operate that way anymore. Does the three o'clock hustle come into play for you now?
2: It, it, I will use it. I will do it. I will do you know use the three o'clock hustle. It's not as much as it used to be, and I think uh, ELD has uh, the new ELD mandate has a little bit to play with that more, uh, and how that has affected it. And for me especially is because of ELD, I am more into. Um, trying to try and, and this is another thing I used to tell people all the time that it was it was so uh, when you run the spot market going from hot market to hot market it's hard to pre-book yourself in a day in advance but because of the EOD restrictions and time management uh I can be more efficient if I start looking at loads and days in advance of where I'm going to be at and going in and booking it I can uh it just it's more efficient but it and uh so EOD has taken a little bit of a little bit of that. I don't have the flexibility. So it's taken a little bit of that uh, away from me as being able to sit around and wait till that three o'clock and be able to name my rate. I much I feel like now I'm out on the road, I wanna make as much money as I can in the eleven hours I can, in the seventy hours a week I have.
1: It's kinda all about um that, that shift that I, I know this has happened with a lot of people, uh, in the same in the same sort of boat.
2: And when it comes to Uh, same when uh, brokers, brokers have realized this as well. It's not just me changing the brokers have changed as well. And that's made it where it's, it's more accepting for me to change. What I mean by that is, uh, you used to have to wait until three o'clock and to get the broker to come up on the on the rate, and that's where the three o'clock hustle comes from. And talking about that, but now whenever if once broker starts seeing that uh, it, that that demand's picking up, they don't want to wait to the last minute. They don't want to be put in that position because because they know that hey, once driver's time is out, they're 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 that's it. They can't they can't uh, you know squeeze the driver out of any more time. It's all gone and. uh, so now the the broker they're already foreseeing and knowing that this is going to happen in advance, and instead of waiting till the last minute to come up on the rates, a lot more of them are more coming up on the rates in advance. Maybe maybe several days in advance as well. Right. So it's okay to go ahead and you know pre-book if uh, if I know I'm going to be down in Florida come Friday uh, or wherever I'm going to, and, and it's Wednesday and I'm going to be somewhere on Friday, then. Uh, time efficient i know this is the time i'm going to be offloaded and it's as much as this is how long it's going to take me to go over, over to the next place to get reloaded uh i love the efficiency of the eld and you know that uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna struggle that hard on maximizing what that rate per mile is uh i'm more looking to keep keep myself employed
1: maximizing the rate per mile is not as important as uh just simply staying uh uh, staying under a load uh, in the time that you have basically
2: yes right exactly once you start the clock you can't stop it it's gonna it keeps on ticking <laughs> until you do a 10-hour until you do a 10-hour restart i mean it's it still takes places there's still good opportunities uh by waiting at three o'clock but uh i would much rather be talking i would rather be trying to be as efficient as i can with my time